Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, learn about the four Manitoba Bisons taking part in the CFL National Combine with head coach of the Bisons football team, Brian Doby. A Winnipegger has signed an NHL contract, Stelio Matheos. He's also the captain of the Brandon Weeking, so we'll talk to the GM of the Wheaties about the prolific forward. And controversy in youth soccer in Winnipeg? Why one club is getting charged with tampering? Huh. That's on the podcast. It all began with a letter of complaint sent by email to various Winnipeg media outlets by the father of a teen soccer player. The concern was over a registration deadline decision made yesterday afternoon by the Winnipeg Soccer Association, denying the application from his son's new team based out of Steinbach to play in the WYSA League for the 2019 season. So 680 CGOB Sports Director Kelly Moore reached out to Winnipeg Youth Soccer for an explanation and received one from past president Adam Dooley. You know, I think there's more to it than what you've been told by the parents involved. So in a nutshell, our league was confronted with a situation that appeared to show a flagrant instance of tampering and team stacking. So a number of players who uh, were playing in our league for different teams and were also members of a private soccer training academy appeared to have broken our tampering rules, our league tampering rules that the, the academy did by recruiting those players who were registered with our teams and then they tried to circumvent those rules by going to a club outside of the city and with a super team come back and compete against our clubs. So our board, uh, we feel, took a reasonable and balanced approach. We, Hanover Soccer Club, has been a member of our league for a long time as an associate member and we've allowed that to continue. But at the same time, we, we have to take a dim view of what we feel um, is uh, likely a tampering uh, situation. Uh, it's hard to imagine how several dozen individuals uh, can, can come to the conclusion that they should all leap to a team outside of the city without the active participation of the coaches and the club involved. And, you know, I think everyone involved in this, uh, especially the coaches, are well aware of the rules. They're well aware of the rules that we have operated at the league for decades. Uh, we have boundaries. And what we're, what we're being asked to accept here is a situation where this one group of players and this one team wants to be able to recruit actively from anywhere while all of our, the rest of our teams have to stay within their boundaries and follow the rules. And so uh, we've launched a disciplinary action and have leveled charges of, of tampering against the individuals involved. And uh, we'll be proceeding uh, with that process um, uh, according to our constitution and rules. So I guess the, the question is, uh, with the decision that's been made by the uh, WISA board, uh, where does that leave the players then for the 2019 season? Because uh, I know that uh, it's always the mandate of, of any governing sports board, regardless of the sport involved, that they do want the players playing. Absolutely, we want the players playing, and it's really unfortunate that the, the parents involved seem to have followed uh, some very bad advice from, from the uh, coaches of this private academy. Um, as, my, as I understand it, these players are still uh, going to be uh, members of a sanctioned club within the province of Manitoba, and, and it would be up to the Manitoba Soccer Association to permit them to travel to tournaments, but I believe that there's ample opportunity for them to play in other formats. 
Um, we felt that given the situation uh, that uh, it would be inappropriate for those teams to be competing in our league. As I said, this is a question of fair play. And, uh, and if we were to allow one team to compete like this, it would be grossly inappropriate and very unfair. And, and I think that that's obvious to anyone looking at the situation. Uh, is the Winnipeg Youth Soccer Association at all, uh, Adam, taken a, a look at this and said, okay, what's being done in, in the opinion of the board is, is not right? But by the same token, has there also been an inward look at what caused these players to leave in the first place? Well, so from our board perspective, we, we discuss these things all the time. I have been a parent uh, of competitive players. I know the, the situation that these players are in, and I, and I probably sp- I know some of the parents involved, so I, I understand their point of view. Uh, here's the situation. We are in a small market, and we have uh, five uh, co- competitive clubs plus additional clubs from outside of the city that compete in our league. And, uh, and we need to try to maintain a balanced and healthy league. And, and that is why, historically, we've followed a boundary system where clubs are able to recruit from within their areas um, and, and there's still some player movement permitted outside of that. And we've tried to do this to accommodate uh, player wishes as well as trying to keep a healthy league. Um, we know that the Canadian Soccer Association is, is asking us to look at dropping those boundaries, and we want to look at that as a league so that we do the best interest, we do what's best in the interest of all of our players. And it's important for everybody to understand a couple things here. Um, so first of all, the, the players that left, uh, there's knock-on effects and ramifications. There's been a number of teams that have been disbanded within the city as a result of these players leaving. And so we have uh, not just injured parties from the parents who are speaking to you. We have other parents who are very upset because their children now have no team to play on within the city. And additionally, we have uh, knock-on effects that if we drop the boundaries entirely, what happens to the clubs and, and the, all the recreational players that they support as well? So every community center soccer player in the city is, is tied in one way or another to our competitive club system. And so dropping the boundaries without a plan is, uh, is got serious ramifications. And we, and we need to deal with this in a, in a measured way. And that's what we're trying to do as a league. And uh, we hope that uh, we'll have the cooperation of everyone involved, clubs and community centers and, and academies ultimately as well. Winnipegger Stelio Mateos was drafted 73rd overall by the Carolina Hurricanes in the 2017 draft. And since then, the now 19-year-old has put up huge numbers as captain of the Brandon Wheat Kings. 90 points in 68 games in 2017-18. The 96 points, 44 goals, 52 assists in 65 games this past season as the Wheaties just missed qualifying for the WHL playoffs. And now Mateos has inked a three-year entry-level deal with the bunch of jerks in Carolina. Brandon Weekings GM Grant Armstrong was not with the club when Matheos was picked first overall in the 2014 WHL Bantam Draft, but has been on the job for the last three years. Joins me now on the CJB Sports Show. Grant, what was your first impression of Stelio as a hockey player? Watched him from uh, outside the organization and thought he was, uh, you know, a very talented, uh, gifted offensive player and a guy that, uh, you know, uh, could come into the league uh, comfortably and uh, start his uh, progression uh, at the WHL level to become an offensive force. And over the course of his time with Brandon, 
what kind of player did he, I guess, become by the time it was all said and done? Well, I think the numbers speak for itself. I think that uh, he's always been able to put the puck in the net. And I think that the, the one factor that kind of goes unnoticed is the fact that his playmaking skills were uh, very good as well. I mean, uh, you know, complementing the game by scoring uh, is, is one thing, but to, to be also able to uh, uh, help and assist others and putting the puck in the right spots for them to have success too was a trademark that uh, you could see was, uh, uh, you know, real strong for him. So in his this past season, the Weekings just missed the playoffs, but how much fun was it watching him play? Well, it's always fun watching elite players uh, enjoy the game and, and come to the rink every day to get better. And I think that's, uh, you know, a trademark of Stelios. And for you now, seeing him sign his first NHL contract, how does that feel? Well, I, I mean, I'm happy for Stelio. I think it's a, a great honor for him. And, uh, you know, more importantly for the organization, it just uh, showcases the fact that the uh, the team does a great job of uh, – giving players an opportunity and uh, you know we have a, a very young team here so I think that the one thing that we can look at is the young players will uh, take uh, a lot of pride in the fact that uh, you know if you watch uh, the way things are done and you learn from others you should have success yourself. How would you describe his leadership abilities as a captain? Well he's you know one of our guys that we count on every day and and to lead by example and you know, we have a culture that uh, uh, the Weekings uh, have uh, become known for, and uh, you know, it, it uh, is something that uh, he did a great job of uh, uh, portraying and, and putting forth, and using that as uh, you know something to help springboard himself as well as uh, his teammates. Is it nice when you can get a, a Manitoba talent that does well for your team and then goes on to do something like this and make the NHL? Well, I, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from. It's the work that you put into it. But, uh, you know, when uh, uh, you look at the, the players that have come through our, our organization, uh, you know, we really take a lot of pride in the fact that the players uh, uh, come to Brandon and they, they learn their traits and uh, they learn to excel at it and get an opportunity to take it to the next level. So, uh, yeah, as an organization, we always take pride in that. So now, what's I guess when you have players come through the Wheat Kings, they go on to play in the AHL, the NHL. How how much tabs do you keep on these guys? Well, we're, we you know we become fans. I mean, uh, you know, we've uh, in my time here, obviously watching Owen Patrick come through and Kale Clegg and uh, many others that have gone on in the game. It's it's always nice to uh, keep an eye on uh, their progressions and uh, their development. And, uh, you know, you become fans of theirs because, uh, you know, they've worked hard and they deserve this. Do any Wheat Kings grads ever come back and uh, just either talk to the team or kind of just come back to reminisce at all when they're in the NHL? Well, it's interesting. That's a great question because, uh, you know, the one thing that I've noticed since we've since I've been here in the three years is uh, the, the constant uh, communication that comes with guys that uh, live in our area that uh, are always willing to come back and help. So it's a very, very common sight to see uh, at any one of our camps many of the different alumni that have come through. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I missed a few, but, uh, you know, I, I look at uh, Ryan Pulak and, uh, 
and Matt Calvert, those guys are always around. And when we have a camp, they're more than willing to uh, share their experiences and uh, bring their wisdom to uh, to any conversation that uh, comes up. And I guess that's part of the fabric of kind of the hockey community. Once you play somewhere, you're kind of part of that bond forever. Well, we would hope so. I think that, uh, you know, when you spend as much time together as a, as players do, uh, you know, you become a family. And uh, uh, so there's, uh, uh, you know, trials and tribulations that go through every type of aspect when it comes to operating a program. And uh, I think the one thing that we really try and strive for early in the process is that everybody works as one and we all pull on the rope in the same direction. And I think that's uh, uh, the message that uh, has clearly been identified through the Brandon Weekings. Well, I have you here. Uh, how do you feel about having a, a second WHL team in Manitoba? Oh, it's fantastic. I think that, uh, you know, just to have uh, uh, a close arrival would be fantastic. I think that uh, the one thing our guys will look forward to is shorter bus rides. Um, obviously, we're going to play them 10 times in the upcoming uh, season. Um, you know, I love the rivalry scenario that comes into play. And, and notwithstanding the fact that, you know, we had great rivalries with, and we still continue to have great rivalries with, you know, the likes of Regina and, and Moose Jaw and, Prince Albert and Saskatoon all in our division. But uh, this one being in the same province, I think will add a little bit more dimension to it. And they have the first overall pick coming up, much like you did when you got Stelio. So it's uh, it's a position where I guess it's uh, kind of an exciting time to be a junior hockey fan in this province. Well, I sure hope so. I think that uh, there's lots of picks in this province uh, uh, coming up. I mean, we've got... Uh, four picks in the top 23 this year. And we uh, hope that uh, we can, uh, uh, you know, parlay that into very good hockey players. And I think that uh, I'm sure that uh, uh, Matt Cockle and his group will uh, do the same thing in Winnipeg. Well, Grant, I appreciate you joining me tonight on the sports show and uh, best of luck throughout the off season here heading into the draft. Thanks so much. All, All right. the best to you as well. Four, count them, four. Manitoba Bisons are among the 42 players taking part in the CFL National Combine this weekend in Toronto. Running back to Mel Lyles, receiver Shai Ross, defensive lineman Tariq Lachance, and offensive lineman Zach Williams will be trying to improve their draft status ahead of the May 2nd CFL draft. Longtime Bisons football coach Brian Doby joins me now on the CJOB Sports Show. Brian, how proud are you right now? Well, uh, absolutely. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 great anytime you see uh, guys that are chasing their dream and and working hard at something uh, you know move move closer to it so and and you know whether it's in the field of football or or anything else in their careers so, but but in this case of course uh yeah every guy in that locker room you know there's about 85 of them and and without a doubt that's their goal is to play professional football and uh you know guys going to the national combine or are very close to attaining that goal once you get to, to that level of um, yeah, of evaluation in that process. So, um, yeah, everybody's um, – they're excited and everybody in the locker room is excited for them. So let's go through uh, each one and kind of explain to our listeners what each brings to the football field. Let's start with Jamel Lyles, running back, a very talented young man from Winnipeg. Yeah, uh, Jamel is, uh, is a young guy who uh, – Recruited actually out of out of Surrey, BC, and, and came out here. And uh, actually, he moved out here, finished his uh, 
his grade 12 off at um, Dakota Collegiate and, and, and then moved into our program. And uh, uh, he's, well, he was runner up um, a few years ago. That would have been what, three, four years ago when he came in, he was uh, runner up for national rookie of the year um, in the nation. And uh, uh, he's, you know, he's now taken to the level where he has uh, now he's, he's a really I think a, a really good fit for the CFL. He's he's not a, a big power back. He's he's not a, a small, a little evasive guy. He's kind of, he kind of covers everything. Um, I, I at our level, I, I really compare him to playing the game very very much like Andrew Harris plays the game. Uh, they have a lot of similarities. Um, they can make people miss. They can break tackles. They can run away from defenders. Um, really good athletes. Uh, Jamel has great hands come out of the backfield the same way Andrew does. So, uh, and I think, I think, uh, Andrew Harris has kind of been his, his secret idol 20 feet across the lobby in the bomber locker room from our locker room. So there's a real comparison there for sure. Chai Ross uh, had a great time at the Western regional combine. One of just three players invited from that back to the national combine wide receiver, how big a deal is that for him to get to the national combine? Oh my goodness, he's he's a story unto himself because um, mo- most people wouldn't know. Um, I have so much respect for him. He played. Um, you know, I have to be careful what I say. I'm talking about health here, but he he played the entire season um, in a lot of pain with with an injury that. You know, going into the season, he knew he was going to have, have to endure. Um, you know, if he made the choice to play, and and it was a week by week, day by day decision. Um, he never missed a beat. He he is tough. And um, two days, forty eight hours after the season ended, he had surgery. Um, so he's, you know. Uh, he was, you know, an example of, you know, you got the flu and you don't feel like practicing. Take a look at that guy over there and look what he's going through, you know. So uh, he's he's an explosive player. I think that's what's got everybody's attention. His numbers were, were, t- were at the top of almost every category in the Western Regional Combine at Edmonton. He's really explosive. He's fast, but he's explosive. Um, he can jump. Uh, you know, and he's a, he's a dangerous receiver and he's a dangerous kick returner. So he's, he's going to get a lot of people's attention out, you know, out there for sure. Saw an article on the CFL website about Zach Williams, offensive lineman and how he's just an absolute workaholic. Is that how you'd describe him? Huh, absolutely. Um, I haven't seen that article yet. I mean, I have to check that out. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. He's, uh, I mean, you look at that kid, he's, He's, you know, just about six foot five. Uh, he weighs, I, I know this, he weighs 321 when he left our complex the other day to head to Toronto. Um, he, he's a big, big, strong kid. Uh, I was Transcona kid um, who who's just literally been that workaholic. And he's persevered. He's, he's, he's had to work and, and um, for every inch of it in every way. Um, you know, there's, there's been a lot that he's gone through and, and, um, you know, there's things I'd like to say, but they're, they're, they're his, they're personal, you know, but uh, you know, he's, he's just got such a great family and, 
and uh, that, that has gone through a lot um, to support him and help him get to where he is. And, uh, you know, I hope I hope his folks are listening to this interview because, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for them. And, and they, I know, should be, and I know they are so proud of him. I think that you take great pride in, in anybody that, that has to overcome a lot of obstacles and, and, and to make things work and, and just perseveres and does it. And that's, that's Zach. He's a, he's a really good football player. He, he played junior football for the Winnipeg rifles when he was 17 years old. Well, he was in his grade 12 year um, that on the line of scrimmage as an offensive lineman, that that's exceptional. And, and he, you know, that was kind of his uh, trigger point, his jump off point, And he's just accelerated from there. Um, I think he's going to be a really high draft pick, really high draft pick. And uh, the fourth player is Tariq Lachance, who's a defensive lineman. I mentioned that Ross was one of uh, three players to take a spot at the Western Regional Combine to go to the National Combine. Lachance was another one of them. Yes, exactly. He, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's done it the hard way. And uh, he's, he's an interesting guy. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that really is, is probably at the entire national combine is the one that would be literally most out of the blue. I, I think, um, you know, he's certainly someone that I don't think was really on any CFL radar screens, to be honest with you, um, who put himself on the radar screen by the performance that he he had at the at the Western Regional in Edmonton and 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 literally punched his ticket, so to say, um at that combine uh by doing what he did. Uh that combine paid off for him and uh and now it's it's accelerated his opportunity to get you know to get drafted coming out of the nationals. So before I let you go, Brian, do you have any kind of plan to keep track of the players as they go through the combine this weekend? Are you going to watch anything? Oh boy, oh boy! <laughs> I would love to. In fact, um, you know, as a head coach, got invited to the national combine, had to decline. Um, it's a work weekend for me all the way, and we've got uh, we've got a major signing. Spencer Fillman uh, from the Winnipeg Rifles, an offensive lineman, is going to be signing with us at uh, 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon here at IGF. I've got two major national recruits that are coming in on a visit. And the list goes on. I, but I'll do my best. And I, I rely on the, on, the, uh, on, on the pity of others to help me. They, uh, I get a lot of people just continually texting me and, and updating me on what's going on. And uh, I'll, I'll be following it that way for sure and rooting for our guys. And, and I know that, uh, you know, some of the guys will – Will, will call me at different times and, and text me, you know, from Toronto to let me know how things are going. Um, we've had meetings about the combine. That's a big part of it, you know, to sit them down and, and talk to them about how, what to expect in the interviews, how to handle themselves in interviews, all those types of things, um, you know, trying to help them uh, get any advantage they can. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing our guys you know, kill it out there and, and, and do a great job. And I know they're going to represent our program and, and our province and our, our university and uh, really, really proud of them. So for sure, I'll be following them as best I can. Well, Brian, I appreciate your time tonight and uh, best of luck to your Bison players this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for your time and thanks for your support of our program.
Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts yet. <laughs>